You're listening to audio from Kingsway Christian Church. If you'd like to check out more resources or donate to this ministry, please visit kingswaychurch.org. Welcome to A Step Further, the weekly podcast of Kingsway Christian Church, where we take what we've heard throughout the series, and in particular during this series, Asking for a Friend, uh, what we heard on Sunday, we take it a step further. Matt Nickerson is with us once again. Derek Hughes is, I used to say spinning the dials. That's like an old radio term. He's just kind of moving things up and down now. So that's not as exciting as spinning the dials Pushing on, the buttons. on K95. Here we go. <laughs> Why 95? Next tune. I don't know. 95 is the radio number, right? Did you graduate high school in 95? 97. Uh, K97. <laughs> Today, we're going we're gonna to go deeper uh, past what we, we talked about on Sunday, really. Our eternal security is what you uh, talked about, Matt. Uh, but, but so much of having that foundation of knowing that our Father has us really plays out in all areas of our life and, and how we can you know, find emotional healing. I was listening to the Mike Greenberg on ESPN radio just uh, a few weeks ago. And, and he made the comment, most of the pain in my life has been emotional. He was talking about, they were saying, what, what's your greatest physical pain? And he said, most of, he was joking. Most of the pain in my life has been emotional because he's not a real physical guy, but it, it, it hit me that that, that goes for my life as well. And it really starts with, do I trust a father that loves me? And so Really, yeah. some of those passages we have unpacked, maybe some more here today, can really, you know, ground us as we start there. So for me, I grew up. Um, uh, it's hard not to go here, right, Andy? We, you and I had talked about this. Like, how, where do we want this podcast to go? But um, there are two major schools of thought, and then there's obviously camps that land in the middle. But on on one end, you have something called the, the Calvinists, and on the other end, you've got something called the Arminians. And uh, we would be here at Kingsway, Arminians, but everybody's welcome. And some of my closest friends in the world are Calvinists, and you know, everybody's struggling with how do we interpret what God says and what He means. And but because I grew up in an Arminian church, what that means is we believed in something called free will, and. Um, and, and I'm not trying to unpack the other side. I'm not getting a theological discussion today. But because of that, uh, we talked a lot about sin. We talked a lot about repentance. We talked a lot about receiving Christ and making sure you remain in him. And uh, I grew up with certain sin struggles that made me wonder if God was finally going to say, the next time I did it, you're done. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. That's a real this fear for next for one is the last one. You got one more, buddy. Yeah. So better not mess it up. My grace only extends this far. Yeah, exactly. Like yeah. at 999 times, yeah. you were good. But at 1,000, I've got, you know, a checklist. I mean, that's <laughs> 77 or 70 times 7. Like I yeah. could have the check for it. I'd be nervous when I'm, I'm way high. past that yeah. number. <laughs> so, but that, that brings up the question of that security issue, right? That anxiety I felt. I think a lot of people feel it. And like, what, what do I do with that? Uh, I came, I stole a phrase, as I shared on Sunday, uh, believing loyalty and that whole idea of uh, I am held secure by God by continuing to hold on to God in my faith. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So uh, there's nothing I can do that makes me secure. There's nothing I can do that makes me insecure. The only thing I can do is continue to walk in right relationship with God. So when I'm out of a right relationship, what do I do? I come back, you yeah. know, when I'm in a right relationship, what do I do? I remain. But what really made this come alive, where I, I find most interesting, so we're going to read some passages, we're going to talk about these things, but 
where this really came alive for me was uh, walking through some stuff. My old, I have three kids. My oldest is adopted and we reached out, like there's all this home study you have to do. If anybody's done foster care, adoption stuff, you know, um, there's this home studies you have to do. You read all these books, you watch these videos, that kind of thing. And our, our training was not amazing. In fact, uh, before our adoption process was finalized, the company that we were working with uh, got busted by the FBI for like stealing funds or embezzling funds. No. And we were, we were worried that even though our son was here, they were going to take the whole thing apart wow. and we were going to lose him. And it was like, Oh no, but by God's grace, that's not what happened. So our adoption agency did not do a bang up job. I just, <laughs> <laughs> the, the people at the home of God's love in Taiwan did a phenomenal job, but the people on our end, not so much. Mm. Anyway, I say that because what we did is we met a counselor here. His name is Rick Sudsbury. You guys have heard me talk about him. And uh, we started to study adoption and foster care. And you may be thinking, what in the world does that have to do with any of this? And you've been through some stuff too. I don't yeah. know what your training was like. Yeah, we, we did the, the, the necessary six hours or whatever it was before. Actually, I think Leah did it and she just told me the answers and <laughs> you know, I'm very, very well trained. <laughs> but, but just some basic things that you really, just like any parents listen out there, you, you have no idea what you're getting into. No, no idea. So one of the things like we learned, one of the things that, you know, Rick told us is, you know, what you, you've got to, they call it a bond, right? But you've got to secure the relationship. Yeah. Um, and out of the security of the love, the security of the trust, the security of the bond, the child discovers themselves and becomes whole and healthy and, and learns to follow your lead. You know, if a child doesn't learn to follow your lead, then they'll just follow themselves or whoever they decide to, to glom onto. But, yeah. and so it's important that they see you as a leader. Well, I think what I learned in all that training and stuff is, wow, I learned about God. I learned about how God leads us and the importance of our security in him. And I just thought some, a couple of things I thought were fascinating. I wrote these down real quick when you and I were talking beforehand. Did you know that they've actually done studies that show that every parent in the world rocks their child to the same rhythm? Really? It's universal. You huh. go to any culture in the world, hand a mom a baby, sit them on the floor, and they will pick the same rhythm to rock the baby to. That's amazing. It's well, our rhythm. There's something universal about God, the way, when everything's going well, yeah. right? When things are, parenting is good, <laughs> um, there's something going on there. Did you also know? If you were to take a child, say uh, a, a, a mom and her baby, and you were to hand the baby back to the mom, their heartbeats will line up with, I can't remember how many seconds it is. I, I don't remember, whatever it's 10 seconds, 20 seconds, their heartbeats will sync up like that and start really? beating in the same rhythm. Huh. Now, if you take somebody else's child and hand that to somebody else's parent, their, their heartbeats won't do that. Wow. So part of what is happening here, and this, the reason I'm going here is, God rigged the human world so that this natural bonding relationship would occur and would happen. And out of that bonding and out of the health of that relationship, the child would discover the world and feel safe in the world and would feel free to explore the world. And I believe that God intends to model his parenting of us, his spiritual care over us in the same rhythm. So that bonding security has to happen so that we are free to explore God's world. So we are free to live on mission. So we are free to take chances and do things. But if we're constantly anxious about the relationship, does that make sense? Yeah. So the bonding for, for the child generally comes whenever you're in contact with the child to begin with. So from birth is ideal, but sometimes it's, it's later down the road. But when does the bonding occur with God? Is it the moment of salvation? Is it? 
you know, is, is it different? This is a phenomenal question. So one day I want to write a book on this stuff. I, but the problem is I don't know enough. And I don't know that I ever will. <laughs> like, I literally sat down to start writing a book with my friend, Rick, and uh, I never got anywhere. <clears throat> because I just, it's just, it's something I don't, I'm wrapping my head around. Yeah. Here's where I am today. How's yeah. that? So uh, what I would say is God has never stopped pursuing us, right? So David tells us in the Old Testament, um, uh, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Right. You know, when, when I was in the secret places, you saw me, you knew me, you fashioned me. And you go, holy cow, what exactly does that mean? Like, I've always wondered, like, what is fearfully? I've tried studying the Hebrew word. It gave me no insight whatsoever. Really? Huh. Yeah. But like, what does it mean I'm fearfully and wonderfully made? Well, God wasn't afraid of me. <clears throat> right? There's, there's something, but, but there's something majestic about each human body inside of mama's womb. Okay. So, but put that together. So the way God intended for the world to be, when it wasn't supposed to be this dangerous, traumatic place, when women giving birth wasn't painful, right. that there was supposed to be this bond, right? The reason a baby can come out of the womb and onto mommy's chest and the heartbeats line up is because that baby's been in there for nine months hearing that bad boy, boom, right. boom, boom, to a rhythm. Well, God was there. I was in my mother's womb. I was in the secret place and you saw me, you knew me, you fashioned me, wow. you crafted me. So when does the process of bonding with God begin? It begins far yeah. before we see it, right. which, you know, I'm, I could go on a tangent. I'm not going to, but you start thinking about like two teenagers, two teenagers who had no intention of creating a baby. Like they, this was not in their plan, but a baby was made. God was in that process. Wow. So then when does say for you and I, when, when do I start to bond with God? Well, it's the moment that I start to open myself up to the fact that God has been pursuing me. And all of a sudden we look back and go, you know what? There was that time. I remember this. And you know, there was that time. I was having a bad day. And like almost like my dog jumped up in my lap at the exact right moment. He just laid his head on my lap. And it was like, how did he know? And then we go, animals are amazing. They just know. And I go, <laughs> but do they? Because those same animals eat people sometimes. <laughs> but do they? Or was there something else going on? All of a sudden you're like, was God caring for us and bonding with us and uniting with us and teaching us we could trust him? Or I, I'm hypothesizing, sure. right? Does that make sense? It does, yeah. Yeah, so, so God has bonded with us. And then we are bonding with him. It's a process maybe more for, on our side. It, I, you know, I think obviously, I, I don't think God's done chasing us, pursuing us, winning sure. us, loving us. It Okay. So the big question then is like, <laughs> can I lose my salvation? So right. like, what, what does all this mean? Well, we talked about that on Sunday, but if you look at it from the standpoint of, I love, I love this passage, like, because what we really want to get to is the idea of security. Right. The more secure I feel in my father's love, the more I will trust whatever he's asking me to do. Yeah. Security doesn't mean lack of pain. Hmm. Security means safety. Okay. Make sense? Yep. So again, I would use Paul as an example. You know, Paul's in, in uh, Acts chapter 20, I think it is. Um, Paul's call, he's going to Jerusalem and the Ephesian elders meet with him and say, hey, you probably don't want to go there. It's going to be bad for you. And he's like, no, I got to go. And he said, all I know is the Holy Spirit's told me in every city I go to, I'm, there's going to be punishment and, you know, imprisonment and, you know, famine and death and arresting and blah, 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 blah. But Jesus told me to go and I want to finish the race. Mm. I was like, What? What? Like we run from that kind of stuff right. and Paul's running to it. He's like, the Holy Spirit said, I got to go. Well, why can he do that? Because he feels secure in God's love. Mm -hmm. But let, let me just read this passage. I, this is good. John chapter 10. We talk about it a lot, right? John 10, 10, yeah. 10, 10. Jesus says, um, ah, this, the thief comes only to steal, kill and destroy, but I have come to give them life, life to the full. Well, he goes on in verse 25 and he says, um, I tell you, but you, I told you who I was, but you did not believe the works I do in my father's name testify about me, but you do not believe because you are not my sheep. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them 
and they follow me. Mm. I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. My father who has given them to me is greater than all. No one could snatch them out of my father's hand. I and the father are one. And you're like, well, this is a powerful statement. So he just got done saying the enemy wants to steal, kill, and destroy. And then he basically tells these guys, and you, you're lined up with him. You're on his team. You're on my team. And then it's like, but by the way, it's like he's speaking to everybody else. Don't be anxious because when you're with me, ain't nobody taking you out of my hand. That's security. That's security. Yeah. Right? I, I, I think it's this profound and powerful statement that Jesus is trying to anchor our hearts. You're safe with me. I got you. You're Okay. So I, I don't know, Andy, I'm putting you on the spot right now, but has there been moments in your life where God revealed to you, I got you, you're going to be okay? Uh, I mean, there's several. I, th I think about being in Alaska, uh, a literal Arctic desert by myself, um, car accidents, uh, lack of community, all kinds of different situations, not knowing where my future is, and yet having peace that that he's got me and he's got a plan for me. I think about seasons of, of turmoil at different workplaces and knowing that I'm supposed to be there to be part of the, the help, part of the change, part of the good that comes out of the storm. And, and there's this sense, this sense of peace that, that he brings that I hope to give to my kids. And, and I know I'm not God and I can't do that. But as a parent, you know, you want, them to know there's peace in this world and ultimately it comes from God. I mean, but every good parent wants to give that to their kid, right? At, well, of course, but you can only reveal to them what you've learned yourself. Exactly. So, you know, the, the question we started with on Sunday was, can I lose my salvation? And again, I said earlier for me, it was, I was anxious all the time, all the time. So it, instead of seeing God wants me to be holy, he wants me to walk in holiness. He hates my sin. He always hates my sin. There's never an excuse for my sin, but he loves me. He wants me. Mm. So I'm secure because he keeps holding me. Yeah. He won't quit. He won't give up. He'll keep forgiving. This is, I think this is what Paul's getting to in Romans when he says, the more sin increases, grace increases all the more. Mm. And then he goes, so should I go on sinning that grace could increase? By no means. It'd be crazy talk. If you understand grace, you wouldn't go, well, this is great. I get more grace. I'll sin more. Yeah. It's like, no, when you realize it, you go, oh, let me return to my father. But it's not, oh, I finally went too far. He's just done with me. And I think a lot of that, Matt, comes from how I can speak personally, how I was raised, how, how we were raised. My parents love God. Uh, never had you know bad intentions to, to give me any kind of you know, wounds or trauma or, you know, whatever you want to call it. But I, I remember being disciplined for things that I did wrong. I was a, no one will believe it, but I was the kid that would talk back and I was the wild kid and just wanted to do it, you know, whatever my way and always had to get the last word in, you know, threatening with the, the washing your mouth out with soap was an often thing. It only happened a couple of times and it's terrible, but, but I would, I would be disciplined, be punished in that moment for what I deserved. And then I just wait and I'd wonder, number one, do, do you still love me? Because there was never a completion. And then number two, okay, they're starting to get a little bit more happy. Do you love me now? And so when we interact with God, if that's been our experience, maybe that question comes up, do you love me now? Because I know I've sinned. I know I deserve to be punished. I feel the weight of that. Do you still love me? 
you know, one of the things Rick taught us in our counseling was um, every family has toxic moments, period. It's how we handle the toxicity that determines whether we're healthy or not. And so the method that he taught us, there's not going into all the disciplinary things right now, though, is after the discipline has occurred, whatever the discipline might be, because I don't know if you know this or not, but the Nickerson kids are not always perfect, right? (laughs) But there needs to be a restoration of the relationship. Like this is over now. And so when they were little, little, there was this three-part process, which isn't dramatically different now that they're getting bigger. It just looks a little different how we play it out. But the three-part process is you have to first own what you did. So you gotta, you gotta say, Hey, I did this and I was wrong and I'm sorry. And, um, and you have to own that. You have to own it to all the parties responsible, you know, so if you did something to me, you did something to your brothers or for all of us, you know, whatever, you got to own all that. Um, then you have to be restored to each other, right? So there's, there's a hugging moment. We'll often call it a brother hug. And sometimes we'll give different kinds of, okay, we want a dancing brother hug. All right. We want to, you know, whatever we want a laughing brother hug and they've got, they've made up these silly hugs. Right. But it's, that's a chance to make light of the moment, but then they have to repair whatever damage was made. Right. So if I broke, you know, if I punched a hole in the wall, if I broke your toy, I might have to fix it or I might have to buy a new one or I might have to, you know, whatever it is. So I still have to take these attempts and it's, it's not that that's a perfect process, but all of these attempts are attempts to repair. Okay. You did something, there was a discipline and now it's over and that doesn't come up again. It's over. We're on to the next one. Now, if there's a pattern in my kid's life, I may bring it back up from the extent of, Hey buddy, every time we go past these, it's happening again. We're not, we're not seeing a change. So I got to change the discipline. I got to come up with a way to make it change, but there's a conversation. So, you know, this is healed. I love you. I forgive you. This moment's over because like you were saying, uh, I didn't always know that in my home. So sometimes I might be disciplined and that did create the anxiety with me, with God, I would be disciplined. And then my, my parents would move on, right? Nobody told them there's a different way to do it. They just moved on to the next thing, but I'm sitting there going, Oh, is it over? You know? So they're laughing and joking with me. I'm like, Oh, am I not in trouble anymore? And then out of nowhere, they might say, now don't forget you're still in trouble. You're still grounded. Like, Oh, I like, are we okay? Like, okay, there's a discipline, but are we okay? And so anyway, I do think that anxiety I learned there, I imposed on God. Mm. I did. Yeah. And I, I've carried into my life. So then here's what I would say to everybody out there. I walk in the same tension everybody else walks in. I don't know how vulnerable Andy wants to be with a microphone in his face, but (laughs) I'm still tempted by sin. Mm -hmm. And I still struggle with pride and sometimes saying stupid things to my wife I wish I hadn't said and hurting her and wish I wish I hadn't hurt her. And my kids are making promises I don't follow through on. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm human. I am learning to walk in step with the spirit. But... I am confident in God's grace and mercy. His grace is sufficient for me. And so I am learning over time to not accept my sin, but to accept fully my security in him. Isn't it such a big part of our heart? And and God knows our heart. And I take such rest and, and comfort in that, that even it's, it's a passage of, why do I go on sinning? You know, why, why would I want to do that? Of course not. Yes, grace increases, but we, we don't want to do that. We want to please our Father. Yeah. A couple of verses that jumped out at me. I, I've got a list here, but I'm just going to read a couple of these. One of my favorites, Philippians chapter one, Paul says, I thank my God every time I remember you. He's talking to the church at Philippi. And all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership with the gospel from the very first day until now, and being confident of this. So he's saying, I pray for you, and I'm confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Mm. Again, he's not talking about sin. He's not specifically addressing the question that we're asking, 
But he is saying, I am confident mm-hmm. that God started a work in you and God will finish that right. work. So does Paul think the church of Philippi is never going to make a mistake? That's not what he's saying. He's just saying, I'm confident of who God is. Confident of your security in his love. How about you? That's one of my favorite passages. That's a great passage. Yeah. And it shows the thankfulness. It shows the love for the church, which I, I just adore. You know, Paul, Paul, yeah, there's so much we could say about Paul, <laughs> but he loved his churches that he, that he visited and he wanted to stay with them and wanted to see them. There's just such a beautiful thing there. Yeah. So the, the tension that I feel as a pastor, and I, I feel like, I feel like Paul, maybe that's a company to be in, is I don't know how to communicate always that how much God hates sin and how much God loves you. Right. I, I want to hold those two truths and yep. I never want to let go of either one of them. Yep. So hate your sin as much as God hates your sin. Right. Don't, don't make your sin your father, right? Don't make your sin your slave master. Mm-hmm. Um, make your father your father. Make him your slave master. Paul calls himself a bondservant, a slave of Jesus Christ. He says, I beat my body for a reason. I do it to make it obey the father. Yeah. I, I train as somebody who's going into a war or a battle or a race. I do it to win a prize. I under, so again, I, I read these passages. Paul never wonders if he's securing God's love. He knows he's fully securing God's love yeah. and he still beats his body mm-hmm. and he still trains like a fighter because he understands that this is the reason why Jesus came. You know, one of these podcasts, we talked about hell. I don't know if the, our listeners listen to that. And we said, hell is the, uh, unrestraint of evil. Like mm-hmm. there's no more anything holding it back. Well, if you think about it for a minute, Paul is trying to say, look, I understand the restraining of my flesh. My flesh wants to have these things and wants to do these things. So I don't want unrestrained flesh. It ain't a good thing. It's bad. It's ugly, which is why in the book of Jude, which is one chapter. So like you can't really say chapter one, I guess you could. It's the only chapter. So Jude <laughs> verse 24 Uh, The writing to conclude this says to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you before his glorious presence without fault, with great joy and with great joy to the only God, our savior, be glory and majesty and power and authority through Jesus Christ, our Lord before all ages now and forevermore. Amen. And it's this great, what we call doxology. It's like a prayer, a song back to God. But what he says is now to him, I wrote this one chapter letter to you, but now I want to conclude with Jesus is able to present you to himself without fault. Yeah. Do you hear the security in that? Yeah. But, 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 but do you know what I did last night? Yes. And I know he's able to still present you to, well, how is that? Because he will wash away your sins. And he's walking with us through that and presenting us. He didn't just push us along and and let us go. He's there right, right with us. Absolutely. What power there is. Matt, thanks for breaking that down. Uh, if you have more questions, please reach out to us, alynch at kingswaychurch.org. If this brings to light some, some things you need to work through, we would love to do it with you uh, on this step further.